You're listening to the Digital Introverts Podcast, a show where introverts share their success and failure stories and discuss how they thrive in the digital age. I'm your host, Godwin Chan. Let's begin. Episode 2 of the Digital Introverts Podcast features my first guest, Moin Suffer. He's a stay-at-home dad, the author of Amazon bestseller, Grow With Your Baby, Seven Lessons on How to Embrace Change and Overcome Your Fears About Losing Your Personal Identity from an Unplanned Pregnancy, and the host of the Grow With Moin podcast. Let's get right into it. Hello, welcome to the Digital Introverts Podcast. The, my first guest here is Moin Zafar, and um, great to have you on the show. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Great. You know, thank you for being my uh, very first <laughs> podcast guest. So, I, you know, it's, a, it's very much an honor that uh, someone has agreed to <laughs> uh, do the show with me. So, um, no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm only <laughs> half joking. But yeah, and, you know, this topic to me is, is very interesting, not only because it is the same topic that I'm exploring for my book, it's just, you know, something that I've been thinking about for the past little while, right? Even mm-hmm. before conceiving the book. So yeah, you know, my question to you really, you know, the first one is really what does it mean to be an introvert in the digital age? You know, i.e. a digital introvert. Good question. I actually uh, Googled introverts today, this morning before the interview. And Google comes out with something like a shy person. And then I remember based on our conversations earlier, that's, that's not true. So to me, an introvert is someone who, who likes being not necessarily alone all the time, but who likes more intimate conversations and more uh, in a more intimate setting. So as opposed to like uh, being in a, in a large group of people, like some people like that, those people could be classified as, as extroverts. So to me, introverts is someone who likes more intimate one-on-one conversations, maybe two or three people. And uh, they like, they do their best work when they're alone, right? So to me, like this podcast can be like a great example of uh, being a digital introvert because we're having a one-on-one intimate conversation and it's, having, it's happening over the internet. And uh, it's happening, not just here, it's happening a lot of places. And it's really, really nice to see because it gives, gives a platform for, to a lot of people who, who feel the same way about, uh, about interacting with people. You know, it's not a, just about recording yourself and putting yourself out there for everybody to see. Um, yeah, I don't know. Did I answer that? <laughs> well, you gave an answer, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is fine, you know. No, I'm joking, but uh, no, it's, it's really great because, you know, you mentioned a lot of really good nuggets in there, uh, just because obviously, mm-hmm. you know, now with the advent of um, video conferencing technologies now, you know, for example, we're recording this episode through Zoom, right? And so, you know, this has enabled, you know, a lot of people, and you know, especially introverts to um, really to expand the horizon in terms of, oh, now it's possible for podcast hosts to 
have interviews with people from all around the world, right? And mm-hmm. so that's kind of my intention with this podcast as well is to, you know, really uh, have guests from all of the world, which is, uh, which is great, you know, and uh, that which could not have happened even, you know, let's say 20, 25 years ago. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you think about 20, 25 years ago, you know, what did, what did we have? We had our, you know, gigantic land, landline phones and yep. cell phones the size of a, you know, a small room, <laughs> <laughs> right? And you've seen, you've seen images of those really big, bulky um, cell phones before. Yep, yep, right? yep. It's like a gigantic black box, basically. Remember those, uh, those dialing ones that you, you dialed yes, on there? I, I remember, even I remember, I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm Rotating. not even old, but I still remember using those, you know uh those those rotary phones really yeah right? with those uh with those rings or, mm-hmm. or with that one um device that you can you know call people up and even back then like you know recording technology was also still in its infancy right back then the only way you could really record um anything was if you had a gigantic studio and you're making albums like the beatles right so mm-hmm. so tell me like you know i know we've talked about a lot about um you know being able to record podcasts and um being able to do a lot more content right through the mm-hmm. through the internet nowadays i mean you know tell me more about kind of your podcasting experience right obviously you know you're the host of your own show and to um you know really tell it from the perspective of you know yourself as an introvert like how has this you know process been for you and um how has it been you know complementary to your personality and uh the things that you want to do right you want to accomplish with the podcast mm. that's a good question so so as you know i'm only this is my second week with my podcast i've, I've as a time of recording yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i've had three episodes out so recording myself for the first time i um i think i spent almost like an entire day trying to narrow down the story and uh, you know as with the uh, with introverted people there's a lot of internal dialogue that you that you go through and for me that was you know four to five hours of recording myself talking and just going over it again and again and uh, finally nailing down a part that that i thought would be good enough not perfect but good enough because if i wanted it to be perfect i probably still would not have launched my episode (laughs) um i think that for me podcasts really work for work for me because it's it can happen like just in my room it's, it's almost like if you're reading a book or something right you're but instead of the book you're in front of the mic and you're reading or you're writing down a script and then you're ter- internalizing it and then you're talking into the mic which to me is an intimate experience because you're very close to the mic often <laughs> um and uh, i don't know that first episode that i recorded um after you know a lot of digging it uh it it came out the way it did because I put some time and effort into it and it helped me uh, go through some events in my life that I had previously internalized and, you know, created meanings out of them. 
to look at them from another perspective, from look at them from the context of me I, that I'm here now a few years later, and then looking at the events that transpired a few years back and how I internalized them back then versus how I see them now, which was a huge difference. And, and to me, just that introspective journey of, uh, you know, seeing myself or seeing, seeing the events through a different lens was, you know, was fulfillment in itself because it, uh, it gave me uh, sort of like a, a comforting feeling that, you know, no matter what happens in life, like how difficult the moment is, if you look back, if you, if you look at it with context, which obviously takes time to gather, you can always see it as an experience that helps you grow. And yeah, and I just fell in love with podcasts after that immediately. Like, I mean, I like listening to podcasts as it is because it's an intimate experience. Like I said, you have someone's voice in your ear. And that to me is more, um, more intimate than like, you know, seeing something because the sound goes in your ears and connects to your eardrums. It's, it's more intimate to me. And I can connect with it at a much higher level. And so, see, lost my show of thought. Anyways, we'll leave it right there. Yeah, we'll, we'll come <laughs> well, back to that. <laughs> basically, you've, um, the train has just stopped at the station and we'll uh, reembark later. <laughs> yep, yep, all aboard. <laughs> but yes, I mean, you know, you mentioned a lot about kind of, you know, inner reflections and, you know, uh, being able to reconcile, you know, your, your past, present, and maybe even your future self right through um, podcast recording. And of course, for our audience that, you know, who may not know um, your, your incredible story, mm-hmm. maybe you take us back to, uh, you know, back to just a few years ago um, when you were still at, at York, really York University uh, here in Canada. And, you know, take us through that journey of, you know, self-discovery, I won't spoil it, but it's really a tale of self-discovery, right? It involves a lot of different moving parts. So I just want to to have that uh, platform to be able to share it. Yeah, for sure. So I came to Canada when um, I was 18 and uh, I was sent, oh, I'm from Pakistan, first of all. So it's a conservative Muslim country for those of you who do not know. And I was sent here with the help and the hopes of my parents. And um, with help, I mean, they were paying for my education and, you know, living expenses and all that stuff. And so with that comes a a bit of a pressure to deliver, you know, a degree or make them proud or do something that, you know, will help make them proud, which is graduate, get a job, get your PR card and all that stuff. So I started off okay, And then in between, um, I had sort of a crisis about identity. I was wondering questions about, you know, who I am. And where do I fit in in this uh, sort of mechanical process often of growing up and becoming who you are? Because I saw the journey of, you know, going to college and graduating and then just rushing to get a job and then getting a job and then rushing to get a mortgage and then just commuting to work and, you know, getting a family and eventually dying. So it all seemed, you know, very robotic, very mechanical to me. And I was sliding into sort of a depression thinking about, you know, just life in terms of those events like okay is that really all there it is to life and i remember one day i was sitting in a in a cafeteria at york university and i and i saw a reflection of the same thing you know there were uh, there were children rushing out of class and then 
going to another class and people are just rushing here and there and here and there. And that's just sort of, um, uh, was it like a outer reflection of what was happening inside of me? You know, the thoughts that I, that I was thinking. And, uh, so, you know, while I was, you know, deep in there and, you know, thinking about purpose and, you know, what can I do to add more meaning into my life? I found out that I was going to be a father. And, um, you know, that was even more concerning since strictly because, you know, coming from a conservative country like, like Pakistan, you know, having, you know, a girlfriend or, you know, intimate relationships out, out of, out of, um, you know, marriage is strictly speaking forbidden in terms of, um, you know, as far as religion is concerned. So yeah, when I found out I was really scared and I didn't know what to do. It was one of those things where, you know, something happens and you just can't really believe it, but it's really happening. And you're just going, uh, you're just really scared. And with, with fear, a lot of times comes paralysis. And that's where, that's where I began. And I didn't actually share this information with anyone for, for months. I was just internalizing it, sitting with it, not, not knowing how to act with it. Obviously, my, my girlfriend at the time, she knew and her family knew. So we were talking there, but no friends and family on my side knew absolutely what was going on. Because, like I said, you know, I was, I was just too shocked and too scared to find out this, this happened. Because, simply because, you know, I, I just wasn't sure I was even going to graduate with the degree I wanted to. I wasn't sure how to communicate those thoughts to my parents about not knowing, you know, where I stand with my undergraduate degree. So I was scared just to tell them that. And then on top of it, now I found out, you know, I was going to be a father. So it was, uh, it was a very scary time for me. But eventually through the support of good friends and, and really just the support of good friends and talking to them about it and verbalizing it through, through intimate encounters, I didn't, you know, gather up all my friends in a, in a group settings like, hey, guys, what's going on? It was, you know, more one-on-one. And mostly because people started finding out and they couldn't really tell uh, just by the way I was acting that something was going on because <laughs> to them everything seemed completely normal. Um, so yeah, someone brought it up and we talked about it and that happened. And eventually I started the process of, you know, gathering up the courage to eventually talk to my parents about it and told, tell them what's going on. And, you know, when I faced the fear of, of telling them about, uh, you know, fatherhood being on the horizon for me. Other things like, you know, not knowing what to graduate with seemed a bit smaller. So in a way, it sort of helped me um, tell my parents everything that I wanted to tell them. You know, you know here's this big thing. And then these are this little nuggets, by the way, you know. <laughs> and, you know, after that, things sort of eased up. You know, once I got all of that stuff out of the way, I found a major that I liked, uh, humanities, and it sort of fell into my lap. And, you know, I, uh, it had to do a lot with, the, you know, culture and society and history and all of it was just very interesting to me. And I really liked it just because of um, the depth to the subject that I found. And it helped me connect to myself at a deeper level as well. So it was more intimate, intimate to me. So I guess you can relate it uh, something 
uh, that allowed me to be more introspective and connect more with my own introvertness at the time. <laughs> and um, yeah, so after that, you know, I, I was studying the subjects that I wanted to study. You know, I was finally getting better grades because I liked the work that I was doing and got married, graduated, had my baby in April, you know, started a job and everything seemed to have aligned and, you know, to be working fine. And then uh, I think around June 2017, yeah, is when um, the contract for my job expired. And I didn't take a new contract. I was offered one. And there was a re the reason for that was that I wanted to be at home and spend some time with my daughter. And if you want to go deeper into why I made that decision, it's because back when I was younger, my dad, he used to be away a lot of the time. So he used to be uh, traveling to China a lot. That's where I was born. And we would see him a couple times a year. And, uh, you know, as a kid, I didn't really like that. Although now looking back, I understand, you know, why he had to do what he did. You know, that's the reason why, you know, I, I came to Canada and was able to study here and start a life here. But, you know, as a kid, I wanted my dad to be around. And from that experience, I just created a meaning that, you know, whenever I have a kid, I was going to be around for them and, you know, experience uh, them growing up. And so that was really important to me. So I didn't take uh, the contract that was offered. And I spent some time at home, uh, I think two or three months. And then I started another job at another bank. And um, I was happy there working in the beginning because spending two to three months at home, I thought, you know, I did what I was, uh, what I had promised myself. But then it, it turned out in such a way that I was seeing my daughter an hour a day with my commute and everything. It was about four hours back and forth. And so eventually that started to grow on me and I started to get sad again. I was like, well, this is not what I said I was going to do. That's the opposite. You know, it's exactly almost similar to, you know, what my dad was doing. And um, so I decided to find another job where I would commute way less. So I started looking and eventually I found a job closer to my home. It was like a 20 minute drive. Uh, I applied for it. I got it. Um, and then everything seemed to be, you know, back on track. I was at home. Most uh, getting to spend time with my daughter and, you know, going to work 20 minutes. And I thought, you know, that was it. But fast forward a couple months and I started to get anxious again, started to get some sort of anxiety going to work. I noticed that when I was driving there in the parking lot, I would just get really, really anxious. And I didn't, I ignored it at first because I, I thought it was just normal to be happening because. I don't know. I just thought it was normal. And then one day I, I was at the gym, I was working out and I remember lying down after an exercise and I just started crying. And at that point I knew that I didn't like the work that I was doing and I wasn't happy doing it and that I had to leave. And, uh, it was a scary thing because I was leaving a secure job to start something. I didn't know I was going to start yet. And so, you know, I got up the courage to leave this job. Um, I remember I was talking to my manager. I, my voice was shaky. 
because once again, this was um, something that required a lot of courage and there was fear because there was uncertainty as to what would happen next. And, but I also, at the same time, I knew that if I do this, it was going to help me grow eventually into something that I want to become, not something that that's conventional, you know, not something that I was contemplating at York University, thinking about, you know, graduating, getting a job, and that's it. Because that, and that was, that was one way of life showing me, hey, this is what you were thinking about, you know, a few, a few, like a year back, and now you're doing it. So what's going on? <laughs> so, so I had to, I had to tweak that. So I left the job. And I actually didn't, did not know what I was going to do. So I started uh, an online store on Amazon with, uh, with a colleague from, from the bank that I was working at. And uh, it lasted for about six months, not because it was doing, uh, doing bad. It was actually doing okay, but I had some disagreements with the partner. And so we ended our partnership at, at six months. I discontinued the business. And uh, I started working on writing a book which that came about because from the experience of being at home with my daughter and watching her grow up. So, you know, I would see her trying to, trying to try new things and learn new things as she is growing up. And the, the spirit that she had, that she was born with, which I realized that we are born with that spirit when we're, when we're younger. And it was the spirit of, you know, trying new things and not giving up on, on, you know, achieving your goals, which is something weird coming from watching, you know, uh, a toddler. <laughs> and the example that I, that I also talk about in my book is that when she was learning how to walk. And uh, it took her a few months to actually take her first steps, but she tried for a few months relentlessly day after day, you know, she would cry, she would get frustrated. But every day she would get back up and try to stand and try to walk and try to take her first steps. And to me, that was really inspiring. And I saw it as a gift that if she, as a toddler, is doing something that, that seems impossible, which is learning how to walk, which every human does, and which also sort of was evidence for me that every human learned how to walk at some point which means that they were all born with the same spirit of trying new things and not giving up on it. Otherwise, you know, we'll have a world full of crawlers. <laughs> That'll be hilarious, actually. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, hey, I tried walking when I was, I was uh, a, a year or two years, but yeah, I couldn't do it. So I just gave up and <laughs> now I'm, I'm crawling. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I thought about it from that perspective. And uh, that really inspired me. And it wasn't just walking, it was running and jumping and and you know, trying food and learning how to eat, all these new things. And she wasn't you know, disheartened by the fact that everybody around her was doing these things so naturally and easily. She just knew that she also wanted to do them. And it doesn't matter if 100 people are doing it or a billion people are doing it, she was still going to do it. So that to me was really inspiring. And I started to write down, write down those thoughts as they came whenever I was with her, spending time with her. And eventually I gathered up enough uh, data to eventually think to myself, hey, I can actually write a book about it. And that's how the process of start writing a book started. And then there's obviously barriers about, you know, actually going through with it, because it's a long process, right? There's an, there's an, there's a, 
there's a gap between having the idea to write a book and then actually publishing it. And that requires you to do the work every day, consistently over a period of time. And, you know, sort of believe in yourself as well. Uh, I'm sure you're, you're experiencing similar things because you're in the process of writing your own book. (laughs) And it's great that you have support because it's important to surround yourself with, with, with support when you're doing something new. Um, yeah, so eventually I, I published my book. It came out in 2019. 2019 in May, right before my daughter turned two, it came out. Uh, on the day of its launch, it became a number one bestseller on Amazon in happiness. Congratulations again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And it was something that I was really proud of. And it stayed number one for, I think, about three days. Because you have to consistently, you know, sell, sell the product. And so it stays number one. But it was number one and it reached there and I was happy. <laughs> and um, yeah, I thought, uh, you know, that was, that was going to be it for me. That was going to, I don't know, magically open some doors and things were going to start happening for me. But it didn't. I wrote the book and, and you know. The, a month out, a month after that was good, you know. But after that, it was you know crickets. I was like, okay, now what? Are you gonna go back to work or what's happening? And so then began another process of more introspection of what is what I actually wanted to do with myself and with my life and how am I gonna make a living doing something that I actually like doing. And uh, you know, I found a part-time job at a place called Alive and Free Hypnosis and Wellness Center. So I found that place because I wanted to work on certain aspects of myself. And I was reading about the power of, you know, your subconscious mind and how it can uh, sort of dictate our behavior. And hypnotherapy was something that, that tackles you know, old beliefs or old patterns of thought that have, that are in you for that are in you since you were young, and sort of replacing that with more positive thoughts, so that you're more inclined to do the things that you want to do, and sort of have support internally. Because a lot of the times, our internal dialogue is can be our worst enemy. You know, we're always harder on ourselves than anybody else is on us. So I I wanted to you know be friends with my own thoughts. And that's why I looked into hypnotherapy and I found that place. And I really connected with the guy who owned the center. His name is Priyan Raja. And uh, he, aside for giving me, you know, therapy and signing up for his program, he hired me as well to work with him part time. And uh, I enjoyed working with him. It was something that was really flexible. And it was something that I was looking for, you know be under the apprenticeship of someone who owns a business to, you know, learn the ropes. And um, yeah, so that was going on. And after that, what else? So, you know, a few months into that, again, same thing. (laughs) I was like, okay, this is very part-time and this is me doing someone, something for someone else. And it's a, it's good experience, but you know, now what, what's my thing? What is it that I want to do? And, you know, uh, more introspective processes. I I invested in in mentorship, in coaches. I invested in uh, learning more and reading more. So there's this book that I that I really like, which helped me a lot. It's called Claim Your Power, 
It's written by Mastin Kip. And it's a, it's a book with a 40-day journey. So each, each chapter or each chapter is like day one, day two, up to 40 days. And each day is like two to three pages. And every chapter has some work and some questions for you to answer just to figure out, you know, what's going on and disrupt some old patterns and behaviors. So I was reading that book and I also joined one of the author's programs, Mastin Kips. And uh, it was during that process that through answering some questions to doing some inner work that I found out that, hey, I like talking about things that I learned to other people to help them grow. And, and so what it is that I can do that that's going to do that. And I was like, podcasts. And so then that's where the idea of podcast came about and then i started doing the work you know started making processes around it okay what to do what sort of cover what topics and all that stuff and now here we are 2020 when i've launched my podcast and now we're talking here <laughs> wow i mean that was a long rant <laughs> no but it perfectly encapsulates your entire journey right from being uh you know a, an international student just get, getting his bearings you know here in a new country right mm -hmm. to someone who um obviously ha spent a lot of time introspecting you know about uh one's journey you know through life and you know what you want what you want to do what you want to accomplish you know who you want to surround yourself yourself with and things like that so for that you know i you know i highly commend you know you on your on your journey and 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 you know and i feel like that's very typical for a lot of young people nowadays as well just mm -hmm. because you know it's very hard for someone you know to come in uh you know let alone come to a new country right just some for someone to go in uh to either you know college or university or you know, not even post-secondary, right, or, or just start working right away and know exactly what they want to do for the rest of their life, right? Right. And mm -hmm. at the same time, it's... It's something uh, that we're it, expected to know for some reason. Right. It's the culture. And, yeah. and I'd like to argue that, you know, you don't even have to stick with one thing, right, throughout mm -hmm. your entire life as well. Of course, you know, if your life goal has always, you know, been to be a doctor or an engineer or or whatever you know profession you want you know you know to be in um and so be it you know if you're if you're truly passionate about it you worked in the field you actually like it right not from the not only from the theoretical you know the school book perspective but also actually you know working in the field like for example if you know you want to be a doctor you you know volunteer in the hospital or you've shadowed a doctor in the doctor's clinic right things like that and you and and you know with that amalgamation you know of both the theoretical and the practical and you really like it you know both of them then i would say you know go ahead you know that's your life calling but mm -hmm. if you know you're someone that oh you, you know you're maybe ambivalent or you know even worse like you just hate it then you know it's it, it is wise to you know think about it a little bit more right in terms of is this something that i really want to do or you know is this some, just one aspect you know that i want to do um or i can just do something else or you can do multiple things as well there are a lot of right. people who you know introspect a lot and then figure out that oh you know why can't i be you know a published author and a podcast host mm -hmm. you know, and 
right? You can do multiple things. You can have multiple careers, right? And not just be stuck with just one label, right? That, that you know, that's right. what a lot of people do nowadays. And, and, and it's really interesting. You know, for me, like, I've gone through that, you know, a whole introspective process myself. Like, you know, in your view, how has that been like, you know, for someone who self-identifies as an introvert? Is it li- a liberating feeling? Is it scary? Do you feel depressed? Like, you know, I felt all of those things, right? From mm. thinking about it, it's, you know, uncertainty about the future, uncertainty about, you know, life, uncertainty, you know, in general, am I good enough, right? What, right. what am I here to do? Like all these existential thoughts coming, mm-hmm. keep coming in, right? Just, you know, in your view, how has that process been like? Because you've gone through that many different times, right? Mm-hmm. The education perspective to the starting a family perspective to the, you know, all, all, everything in between, right? Right. Um, I, I think that it's important to, to surround yourself with, with help, whether it be in the, in the form of a of mentorship or, or a program or even reading. And that helped me a lot because in the beginning of this journey, like I said, for two months, I was just by myself and I wasn't talking to people who have kids or I was reading. I wasn't reading about it. It was just me with my thoughts, right? So you tend to create a problem in your head that's bigger than it actually is. I mean, that was a really, really big deal. And like if I still think about it to this day and it's, you know, it's, it's still up there with the things that I had to tackle. But if you stick with something long enough, it's going gonna, it's gonna to burden you and it's going gonna, it's gonna to take over, you know, a life of its own, something that's really big. So with, you know, having continuously going through this process, I realized that, yes, it's fine to internalize things and process the emotions that come along with it but there comes a point where you know you're sort of overdoing it and you're sending it for too long and that can be a problem because you can uh, you can burden yourself and that's when it that's when it's important to you know either talk to a friend or reach out to to a mentor or you know whoever you follow on social media that you idolize or you know read read a book because the more information you have about tackling your problem the better you'll feel equipped to handle it and it's important to reach out to people who've dealt with similar situations and who are on the other side of it now and they can tell you hey this is what happened with me and this is what happened with that person and this person and that person. And this is how they dealt with it. And you can too. It's actually not that big of a deal. And the same thing with, with writing a book. Although I, I didn't have a, um, like a program like you're in now, which, which is why I commended you because it's super important to have that. Because a lot of people who try to go at it alone, they don't, don't, don't end up publishing or writing a book. So it's super important that you did that and, you know, no, bravo to you. You have a good internal process. And um, when I wrote my book, I initially it was just me. And then at a certain point, I had to convey the information to someone, right? Like I'm writing this book. What do I do now? <laughs> and um, so I think at the, I told my friends 
And, you know, one of them helped me edit the book and one of them helped me make the first cover. So I had support in that sense. And then eventually, I, um, I think two months before launching my book, I enrolled in a program with a coach. His name is Kevin Carton, and uh, he's been on my podcast as well. And uh, so to be released soon. Yes, to be released soon. And uh, he or maybe helped me released after you know whenever this podcast episode is going to be released. But anyways, I digress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He helped me, you know, sort of like make a blueprint of what what the what the things are that I want to do, what the obstacles are, and how I can overcome them, and really using like past experiences to sort of tell yourself, hey, this happened in the past. And at that time, I thought this was huge, but I still came out on top and I dealt with it. And now this is happening and it seems big, but hey, I did that, you know, you know, a few months back or a year back and I'm still okay. So I can still do this too, you know. And that process really helped me from just being alone by myself to, you know, sharing it with friends and family and then eventually, you know, investing myself in personal development and reading books. I think it's important to have that as part of your internal process to get you the best possible outcome that you're looking for. Obviously, the end decision is still yours, you know, no matter how much support you have, but it's good to have that support. It's good to hear people who've been on, the, on a similar journey because it helps you a lot because it sheds light on a path that you think you're on alone. Right, and I cannot emphasize how important it is really to have that support system in place, mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially through um, more challenging parts of, of someone uh, of your life. Like, for example, I think that, you know, those four months really of, you know, you keeping, you know, the news of you becoming a dad to yourself, you know, away from your, you know, your circle of friends and family must've been mental anguish, mm-hmm. mental torture, right? Almost. Right. <laughs> I can't imagine how that what what that must feel like. You must be like you know imprisoning yourself in your mind. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I was you know uh, that on top of you know picking a new major. You know what I actually want to study, fi- figuring that out, and yeah, that was uh, that was a, a difficult time in in my life. And you know I use it to sort of help me do things that. I want to do now. So I was like, Hey, that was extremely big. Is that, what is that compared? What is, you know, publishing a book compared with that to you, Moine? And oftentimes it'll be like, Hey, this is nothing. I, I did that. I can do this. I did that. I can do this. And, you know, I can start a podcast and I can launch it and all that stuff. And it just becomes easier and easier once you put yourself out there because you're also teaching your nervous system which intends to keep you safe by, you know, keeping you the way you are. It was like, hey, Godwin, we've never written a book our whole life and never published it and we've been safe. So why are we doing this now? So there's certain fears associated with that. And, And once you like disconfirm that experience, like, hey, I can also write a book and still be safe. Then your nervous system gets on board. It's like, oh, okay, we can do this. It's fine. And, you know, once you do that or, you know, whatever comes first for you, know, releasing a podcast or writing a book, once you, once you do that, you know, through the experience of actually doing it, it becomes easier. Your nervous system gets on board and it's like, okay, we're fine. It's just the, just the experience of doing something 
it's a huge deal rather than just like cognitively understanding it and and knowing what you have to do which is one aspect of it but once you actually do the thing it gives you momentum it gives you like confidence to to keep keep at it and it it builds that you know new pathway in your brain it's like hey this is something that we can also do as well right yeah no like it's really interesting because i subscribe to kind of the the mantra or kind of the ideal of just start and so that's mm-hmm. actually coined by my uh, good friend brian almeida <laughs> mm-hmm. who i've actually appeared on his podcast before it's called vulnerable of course with mm-hmm. able and capital letters and you know that kind of notion is really you know there isn't really a perfect time to do anything you, you know the most ideal time to start something was yesterday or in mm-hmm. the past the mm-hmm. next most ideal time to start something is today mm-hmm. right and and so you know like that a lot of kind of what what has held me back and what has you know perhaps held a lot of others back as well is you tend to rationalize away from from doing things like mm-hmm. for example oh you know, I'm going to launch a podcast. Oh, you know, oh, no one's going to listen. Who is going to listen to little, right? right? I'm going to, you know, release a book. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to get an average, you know, of 1.2 stars on Goodreads. Who, you know, hmm. everyone's going to trash my book, right? For example, mm-hmm. you know, and, but if you let those, you know, limiting beliefs kind of pigeonhole you, right? Mm-hmm. In, in a mindset of, you know, I can't, I cannot, instead mm-hmm. of a mindset of I can, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, of course, you know, that growth kind of mindset, you know, you advocate for through your podcast as well, mm-hmm. right? You know, growing with Moin, it, it, I think it's a really great title, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> right? And so that's the sort of thing that, you know, we, you know, all collectively, I think like, you know, especially for introverts as well, because we live inside of our heads a lot of the time, mm-hmm. right? Is to really throw off those mental shackles. It's not easy, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. But really want to, uh, challenge ourselves right to be do we want to be complacent do we want to stay in homeostasis that you know of course that's a scientific term for uh, you know for a system i like you know someone or an organism to um you know stay the status quo essentially right not mm-hmm. you know rock the boat or anything or do we want to you know really really you know be ambitious and to go you know chase after our dreams even though it may be scary even though you know, maybe very much outside our comfort zone. Like, for example, you know, the day we met actually <laughs> at mm-hmm. a, an event called LinkedIn Local Toronto. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and of course you were brought there by by your friend, <laughs> Yash, mm-hmm. right? Yash mm-hmm. Dumadkar. And, um, you know, of course, you know, he, he and I uh, worked for, or previously worked for Discover Your Personal Brand. And so that was the organization that was hosting the the event. And, you know, that's when, of course, I heard your story for the first time, mm-hmm. and you know, and I can tell that you know the energy in that room was, you know, was amazing because, you know, it completely was you know you know opened up, you know, and unabashedly kind of shared your story, and you know, your real raw, authentic, like there was no you know Hollywood After Effects put on it. It was just the real deal. Right? Mm-hmm. There's no 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 you know filters, no you know no Instagram filters or anything. It's just the way it is that you know how it happened right and you know it was so uh inspiring to me that of course i had to talk to you afterwards right mm-hmm. I remember and and 
you know, and if you, you know, didn't kind of agree to go to, you know, the event with Yash, this would not be happening right now. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So it, it, it's very serendipitous in that way, right? It, mm-hmm. it, it's really challenging those, those uh, limiting beliefs and, and really, you know, kind of go forth. You know, it's like, it, even with book writing as well, it's just like, of course, it was probably just a passion project for you, for you at first, right? And then mm-hmm. it turned into something or morphed into something um, bigger than yourself, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, really, you know, you know, the challenge uh, for for everyone, really, but for you know, especially um, people who spend a lot of time thinking about things, and you know, to really start doing more things right Mm -hmm. instead of oh you know i wish to um share my own story of you know of of introversion shyness and how i'm able to overcome that Mm -hmm. you know you can you know make make a youtube channel out of it you can go do public speaking you can do a lot of different things um with the gifts and tools that you already have like you know for example you know you know with with your book and with your podcast right you know you know how much how much cost did it really take, right? You know, other than a little bit of your time, maybe a little bit of money as well, mm-hmm. but you're able to make an outsized impact, right? Just from uh, the resources that you have, right? So it's uh, it's really fascinating that way. So yeah, I think it helps if uh, if you have a message, and if your intention for that message is to inspire other people who might be in similar situations. Like I'm sure even for yourself, when you're writing this book, you want to shed some light on introverts and show other people who may identify as introverts that hey, this is possible for them too. And then when you, when you have that kind of intention, so, and you want to be a leader like that for everyone else, like small thoughts like who's going to read this or you know, I'm not good enough, you, you sort of brush them aside and say that, hey, I'm not just doing it for myself. It's, for, it's to serve others as well. And that, to me, really helps when, when the message behind it is for other people and there's a, a service aspect to it, then it makes it bigger than yourself. It's like, okay, fine. I can think whatever I want about me, but I know that my message has some power and some intention to inspire someone else to to try something out and that to me really helps and once again you know absolutely necessary i would say to have a support system like you do because the thoughts of you know limiting your behavior and limiting your beliefs will always be there whenever you're trying something new it's just natural it's just your you know your your nervous system's way of protecting you of keeping you the way you are which is absolutely fine because you know that's its job is to keep you safe so whenever you're trying something new rational thoughts will come to you and be like hey you know who's gonna read this it's gonna take so much time and effort and all that stuff you know they're always gonna be there and sometimes they may overpower you and that's why i i'm i'm now a bit advocate of having support around what you're doing because it's absolutely crucial because because hey you can get beat down by your own thoughts sometimes so it's absolutely important to you know have support and also work on your own internal processes. That's why, you know, I went to and got uh, hypnotherapy done to change some of the limiting thoughts that I had about doing things that I want to do. 
you know, removing some of those old programs and, you know, getting new positive ones, empowering ones. And yeah. Right. And, you know, it, it, it's all about the power of positive psychology in the sense that, mm-hmm. you know, they're, you know, working on that kind of radical mindset, mindset shift is really important as well, right? To be able to throw off the shackles of your limiting beliefs that say, I cannot, I cannot, you know, and rather focus on what you can do, right? Even no matter how small it may be, right? One little step, you know, it is a step, at least in, in a step in the positive direction, at least you're not walking backwards into, mm-hmm. you know, negative, <laughs> negative direction, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, best thing that you can do obviously is the steps that you take into investing yourself, right? Rather, whether that's reading, you know, very good books, right. On, on, on self-help or, you know, or, or similar things or going out and getting a, getting a coach, right. Whether that's a life coach or mm-hmm. a business coach or whatever it may be, right. Forever, whatever goal you might have, um, you know, even taking online courses on, on things that will help you improve yourself. Right. And, you know, really, you know, working on that aspect of yourself will uh, help you obviously, you know, could, you know, obviously help yourself um, defeat those limiting thoughts, but also can make you a happier person as well, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of, oh, you know, I'm much more comfortable in my own skin. I'm able to really go above and beyond what I can do, not only for myself, obviously, you know, obviously, uh, but what I can do for others as well. Of course, you know, that's, the whole kind of the whole reason why we're doing, you know, our, we're both doing the podcast and as well, you know, for you to publish the book and for my book to be published soon. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's really not all about us. Right. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, we're just messengers of, right. of ideas, right. Mm-hmm. Of the ideas that many people have. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's, that's how I treat, you know, kind of these pieces, you know, pieces of content because like not all my, ideas are original obviously no one's idea you know ideas are completely original at, mm-hmm. at the end of the day they there has have been inspiration taken from different sources obviously right, right. and so you know that's that's how i vision envision content creators really in general is that we're all building on top of the foundation that has already been exists you know ha, has already existed since the beginning of human existence really mm-hmm. right so we're just uh, building on that foundation we're giving it flair our own spin on it so mm-hmm. let's say you know if the entire you know human humanity really human race or humanity is a house you know the bedrock has been set like very long time ago when our ancestors uh, migrated out of africa but you know we're just you know a nice painting on the wall or <laughs> you know um you know, a toaster in the kitchen or whatever, right? That like, mm-hmm. like it can be, you know, we're all just adding our own um, unique aspect, you know, out into the world. And we just, you know, hope that we can, uh, you know, reach someone who needs to hear that message and be, you know, so kind of inspired to take action on their own life, right? And to make a positive change for the better. Right. Mm-hmm. I hope that you share the same sentiments with me. Right. This is the whole reason why we're doing this. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I, I totally agree with that because it comes from, you know, this, the same source. 
And for me, that was, you know, there's more to life than whatever is the status quo, which is, you know, graduating, getting a nine to five and, and all that stuff. And to everyone who feels that way, who has that inkling, like, is that it? Or is there something more? That was my exact question. I, was, I thought about that, you know, typical mm-hmm. direction. And mm-hmm. I, I started questioning, is it, is that it? That, that must not be it, right? Mm-hmm. The, why is that it, right? So keep going. Exactly. And then that helps you to try new things. And whatever, that, whatever it is that you're going to come up with, it's going to scare you, you know, if it's something new. And if, if it doesn't scare you, then you're probably just doing the same old thing. Exactly. So if it doesn't have a healthy dose of fear. Yeah, exactly. So if it's something that you come up with that's, that scares you, that's going to require you to grow a little bit, that's going to require you to get some support and get some help, then that's something to, you know, to really look into, to, to really try it out and find out. And a lot of the times, you know, when you're, when you're trying two things and if you're, if you're taking advice from people who live in the status quo, who've, who've, who've always done, you know, the conventional thing, what do you think they're going to tell you? They're going to tell you to, you know, not do it and it's too risky and, you know, whatever, you know, whatever their rational beliefs are. And, you know, they could be happy, you know, living, living the life they're living, which is fine because, you know, not everybody wants to live the way that we are living. But if you're someone who has an inkling, who wants to try something new, then get advice from people who are actually doing it and who are in that same mindset and not from people who've never been there, you know, who've never tried anything new, who, who, uh, you know, are happy living a life that you think is not for you. So that's, you know, one, one piece of advice. Cause you know, if you, if you're a talker and you like talking to people, just make sure you're talking to the right people. Yeah. And of course that comes to the old adage, right? You're the sum of the five people that you surround yourself with you know, spend yeah, yeah, time yeah. the most with, right? Mm-hmm. And so, of course, you, you know, for example, if, you know, let's say you want to start a podcast or you want to uh, write a book, then you surround yourself with fellow podcasters, fellow authors or authors-to-be. Mm-hmm. Because you're going on the same path or similar paths together, then you can be able to, it's a much stronger support system. Yep. And I would argue even, you know, your parents really, if they haven't done it before. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, not to say, you know, our parents are bad. You know, we love our parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at the same time, sometimes they may not understand what we're doing. Right. And so it's a fine balance that we have to, you know, kind of strike with, you know, familial duty, but also with kind of what we want to do, to go, to achieve, um, that sort of thing. So it's, uh, it, it's tricky, but it's doable. It's, you know, obviously, especially in your case, your parents are okay with your with your path right now, right? <laughs> well, you know, um, or is that, know. or is that you know, uh, uh, kind of a not an easy question to answer? It's it's not an easy question to answer, and um, you know they're okay with it. They're just waiting to see, you know, what what comes from it. They're still advocating for, you know, getting a, a normal job and 
for sure. I I don't blame them one hundred percent either. Yeah, exactly. And it's which it's is fine because that's the no. It's uh, good. It's 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 actually you know some people think it's terrible advice, but I think it's not bad honestly because mm-hmm. they're you know, your parents are here to protect you again, right? So mm-hmm. and, and they're here to you know they're putting you know your own your own best interest or sorry yeah your own best interest at heart in terms of having a stable career, stable income, things yep. like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, and they're they're just sharing with you, you know, the knowledge that they have and what they've done throughout their life and how to best live, of course, you know, your life, uh, how to best your life like they live theirs, and you know, you might not agree with it, but just understand, you know, it comes from a place of love. Whatever your parents are saying, course, you know, exactly. all this stuff is not to you know like hit your parents and you know blame them for whatever reason that you want to. Like I could have. Uh, you know, easily blame my father for, for not being around and just sort of blame them for all my, all my failures or, and whatnot. But, you know, I always, like in context, like I said, I saw it as something that helped me grow, something that helped me write a book, helped me, something that helped me, you know, become, get the courage to become a father that I always wanted to become and uh, have the knowledge that I actually want to be, you know, spending some more time with my daughter. Because if my, if my dad was home, I would have never learned that lesson. So there's a different way of, of looking at things. There's always, there's always is. And we as humans, we like to create meanings out of, you know, situations. It's just a natural habit that we have. And we constantly create meaning even when we were kids. And sometimes that's where a lot of our beliefs come from. And uh, it's important to look at beliefs that you've held from the past and you know, look at them now because some of the beliefs that you've created, you created them when you were really young, and you have limited perspective then. So I'll share an example with you. So this is a story of of me when I was in Beijing with my family, and um, we were walking to the the grocery store, and it was a couple of uh, kilometers from our house. I believe I was maybe around seven years, seven years or eight years. And at that time, you know, I was really, you know, in tune with my spirit and I like adventures and I liked leading people. And so, yeah, so we had a, how do you say, a mate there who, who sort of guided us to the store or where it is because we didn't know directions. And then um, we were going to go back on our own. So, you know, we went to the store and we, and we shopped and on the way back, I was like, okay, everybody, I know the way everybody just follow me. So it was me, my, my three siblings and my mom. So we were walking back and I was leading the way, you know, very confident and, uh, you know, walking, walking, walking. And, uh, you know, 10 or 15 minutes later, you know, I didn't even look back. So when I looked back around and I saw that nobody was there. So I was in the middle of Beijing by myself and. And I, I was lost. <laughs> I was your Mandarin back then. Not good. <laughs> it's still not good. So back then it was, you know, non-existent pretty much. Um, so yeah, I was in the middle of the Beijing and I had lost and uh, I had been lost. I had lost my, my parents and my siblings and I didn't know what to do. So I just started crying in, in the middle of the street. And because I, I only thought I was lost, I forgot my way. And uh, you know, it was, a, it was a unique event. So there was a crowd of people that gathered around. And uh, obviously, not a lot of them 
obviously we're missing. Not a lot of them spoke English. So I couldn't really communicate what's, what's going on. And eventually, I think it was like half an hour or 45 minutes later, someone came forward and they spoke English. And luckily I spoke English at that time too. And we communicated, I was like, hey, I'm lost. <laughs> I don't know where to go. I don't have an address. I don't have a phone number, but I'm lost. And uh, so this gentleman, he took me to the nearest police station. And this was, you know, still in the morning. And, you know, same thing, like I didn't have a phone number, I didn't have an address, so they didn't really have anything to go with. So I sat there for like, I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine hours. And then eventually, you know, I like, I think I had a jacket on and I like went into my pocket. I had the keys to our apartment and it had some information there. So I gave it to them and they, you know, got excited. So like, okay, this is something. And then uh, I remember we went on, like a jeep with the police and they were taking me to some apartment buildings and i remember thinking like hey this doesn't look like where i live but uh it's it's something it's better than sitting in the police station the whole day so we went and uh, they took me into an apartment building and i was telling them this is not where i live and they handed me over to a family they were uh, they were uh, a pakistani family and i was still telling them that these are not my parents you know i'm not supposed to be here but, you know, they left me there and, uh, yeah, and then uh, the family there, they, uh, that was, they were nice. They, like, gave me food and stuff. And uh, I actually don't know, you know, what I was doing there still. So eventually they told me, like, um, the man there, he said that he knew my father and that he was going to take me there. So that calmed me down and I went back. And, you know, my dad was there and my mom was there and there was, you know, we were reunited. Great story, but from from this situation, the meaning that I created, it was that you know whenever I try to lead people, I get lost, and you know people close to me get upset because I remember that when I got reunited, my mom was really upset, and my my siblings were upset, and because my dad had you know been angry at them because you know they lost me, whatever. So, but from that situation, I created this belief that whenever I lead people. I get lost and people close to me get upset. So it's not good for me to lead. So that belief that was created, you know, when I was seven, that I only uncovered, you know, only recently, like a month back. And from doing inner work and from asking questions and from questioning, you know, behaviors that I have. And eventually, you know, cutting that out and empowering myself with saying that, hey, actually, you know, I can lead people. And that was just one event that happened. And it's not true anymore, like, because leaders make mistakes. There's no perfect leader. Leaders make mistakes all the time. And that event does not dictate for you to hold that belief. And uh, yeah, that's just something that I wanted to share, because beliefs play a very important role in who we tend to become. And a lot of our beliefs come from when we were very young. And there are so many beliefs that you're not aware of that you have, and there are beliefs that you are aware of that you have. So, you know, it comes from actually doing the work of, you know, introspective thoughts and reading books that are on based on personal development and uh, finding out who you truly are and, you know, getting mentored by people who are good at discovering these things. Now you've caused me to start (laughs) right (laughs) now on on this recording, just because, you know, I've heard a few other people, you know, speak about this kind of, you know, kind of experience in terms of 
because we've had so many, you know, even in our, you know, short time here on earth, it's, we already have a treasure trove of memories and, and experiences, right. That, um, mm-hmm. very, that shape the very way that we act, we behave, um, you know, the way we conduct ourselves in life, you know, and a majority of them are uh, very unconscious, right? Of course, you, you know, especially with your story, <laughs> right? It, 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 that, you know, that this one isolated incident in your childhood can influence the way, you know, that you think about yourself and how, you know, you cannot lead when in reality you can, right? And mm-hmm. it's just that one incident or one trauma that, you know, has, has held you back for this many years. Right. Right. And so, you know, even for myself, you know, through, you know, this wasn't even one isolated instance. And this was many different, you know, instances of me failing at doing presentations, class presentations, right. When I was younger. And so I've always had the thought that, Oh, you know, public speaking is terrible. I never want to do that again, you know, in my life. Uh, you know, you know, I don't have the skills for it. No one's going to listen to me. I'm going to look like such a fool on stage, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Right. And so these are so such big traumas, right. In the sense that, you know, I may have a lot of good ideas that people may want to hear about, mm-hmm. but because I'm afraid of the stage I have, you know, or I'm afraid of public speaking because I've failed so many times at it when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, then those ideas may not get expressed. But, you know, by really first identifying these types of issues and then mm-hmm. second, you know, making a conscious effort to combat, you know, these limiting thoughts and limiting beliefs, you know, you know, especially especially from your childhood, those are the worst in terms of um they take the longest to unravel. Yep. Right. And sometimes it you can't really find them unless, you know, you know, you work with, you know, a certified trainer or or a coach because they they because they specialize in these types of things right Un, under uh uncovering childhood traumas and things like that and mm-hmm. and and you know really ch- uh, transforming that thought process you know even for me uh, you know as you know right i um ended up trying out to be high school valedictorian right on a whim mm-hmm. and that was a way for me to really challenge the notion that i you know i cannot do a presentation right on um, in front of a large audience and and it, 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 it felt fantastic afterwards you know after I finished it was like you know the weight of the entire world was lifted off my shoulders right mm-hmm. in the sense that oh you know this is something that I can do right this is something that you know even I as you know an introvert and pretty you know shy uh, in front of newer people Right, uh, not so much now, but definitely back then. This is something that even I can do. And what say what you know, you know what? You know, I, if I can do this and I can successfully challenge a self-limiting belief, then who knows what I can do in the future? Right. So that was my thought process right at, uh, right at the end of high school, and so I've kept up, you know that um, ever since because I've had that success story. Right. So. And of course, it, it it doesn't happen overnight. Obviously, these uh, types of things can take years to resolve, <laughs> right? As mm-hmm. in the case of my my public speaking debacles. Right? So mm-hmm. it's uh, no, it, it 
you know, and for all the listeners out there, right, I highly, highly encourage you to uh, really engage in this type of introspective thought. It really will really help give you perspective on your own life, your own journey, and help you become a better person um, out of it as well. So it, it has helped with for both um, Wayne and myself. And, you know, I encourage you to start trying, trying that out uh, today. Just, you know, very much, you know, just list out, you know, just uh, a few, you know, th- three different limiting beliefs that you may have, right? Let's say, you know, I cannot do a presentation. Uh, I cannot be a good leader or, um, you know, I can't manage a team, right? Mm-hmm. You know, for example, and go back, you know, to all the memories that you have, you know, pick out one pivotal one and then start working and, and deconstructing it. Um, and really start thinking that is this, you know, really where I want to be, you know, in terms of keeping it at the status quo, or do I want to break, you know, you know, challenge that self-learning belief and throw it out the window, mm-hmm. the metaphor window, obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. It looks like, you know, we've been recording for a while, so I, yeah. <laughs> I wanted, wanted to really, uh, you know, give this time, mm-hmm. you know, to you actually to uh, really promote what you have going on uh, with, you know, what's going on uh, in your own personal life in terms of, you know, we, we've all, we've danced around all, you know, all episode long about your book and your podcast. Right. Uh, and it's time to really, you know, <laughs> put them up by name and, 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 you know, link people to where they can find them and right. also where people can find you on social media, uh, where they can connect with you as well. Yeah, for sure. So um, my podcast, it's called the Grow With Moeen podcast. And you can find it on Apple and Spotify. And uh, you can also find it on my website. It's called the Grow With Moeen podcast.captivate.fm. And uh, my book, it's called Grow With Your Baby, Seven Lessons on How to Embrace Change and Overcome Your Fears. And you can find that on amazon.ca.com, wherever you are. Amazon.co.uk doesn't matter. It's on Amazon. (laughs) Yep. And as far as my social media is concerned, uh, my Instagram handle is Grow With. I have to double check. Is it the Grow With Me podcast or is it Grow With (laughs) Me? Wow. Maybe you should uh, (laughs) remember your podcast title. I'm joking. (laughs) Uh, I'm pretty sure it's called, yeah, the Grow With Me podcast. That's my Instagram for my podcast for. My personal Instagram is Moin, M-O-I-N-Z-R. And you can find me on LinkedIn by my name. And Facebook also by my name, Moin Zafar. So M-O-I-N-Z-A-F-A-R. What about Twitter? Uh, Twitter. I actually just got an email from them regarding my previous account. They're saying that it's still suspended for violating terms. Which okay, uh, forget about Twitter then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Those cool. are all my all social right. medias. Perfect. I encourage everyone to check out his podcast, his book. Um, they're both fantastic resources for you to, you know, to grow, to, um, you know, go out there and to just start on anything that you want to accomplish. So. Thank you once again for coming on to the podcast, first inaugural episode. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I look forward to do, you know, to connecting with you further and to keep doing this. 
Yep. Thank you for having me, man. Uh, so it was a great conversation. Great. Thank you. Take care. All right. Thanks for listening to the Digital Introverts Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing and leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at D-I-G-I-I-N-T-R-O-S-H-O-W. And you can follow me on all social platforms at G-O-D-W-I-N-H-S-C-H-A-N. I appreciate everyone who listens to the show and let's change the world quietly.